like a fetish club for your ears. Grab a hot drink and turn down the lights. Coming across the airwaves and into bedrooms everywhere, BDSM United is bringing you non-violent, consensual kink education. This isn't for the kiddos or for the cookie-cutter conservative vanilla prudes. We'll be talking bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, and more today on this BDSM United podcast. I'm Primal Peak. Thank you for joining me for another BDSM United podcast in our Set Knox Sex Magic series. This is a series where we are going into a more intermediate uh, level. Uh, we found that when we first presented Sex Magic that um, we gave a lot of workings, but a lot of people didn't have the tools within themselves necessary to accomplish a lot with those practical workings. With our first series, we really wanted to show people that not only did sex magic exist, but we wanted to uncover some of the things that you could actually do with sex magic. In this series, we're talking more about self-mastery. It's essential to BDSM because uh, a lot of our growth in relationships, a lot of the uh, types of connections that we have with others uh, requires us to really grow ourselves. If we want to grow a good relationship, we are at least half of that equation of a relationship. We're a big part of that relationship is, is us as a person. And so we must grow ourselves as we expect our partner to grow themselves. Today we want to talk a little more about astral journeys. It's not uncommon that the magician experiences how one astral sense awakens at a time. One can, for example, hear and feel astral energies, but only see a compact darkness if the eyes were shut. Or the sight may be sharp, but one has no astral hearing. One's first impression of the astral uh, may be an almost physical feeling. In the astral, the senses are not separated like they are here. And uh, they don't adhere to the same laws as on our physical plane. This might be hard to grasp in the beginning. The astral body can take any form or none at all, but the astral traveler will at first, by habit, feel like he or she is in a lighter form of our regular mundane body. The astral senses can be opened even if one is still in the physical body. For example, during kundalini and chakra meditations. Dur during these kinds of workings, it's common to experience one astral sense at a time. First sight, then sense, then hearing, etc., etc. The two most common methods for astral travel is one, to visualize that one is floating out of oneself, or two, to visualize the astral body outside oneself and then send one's consciousness into it. It's often easier if the body is in a new or unusual situation. Many who have experienced out-of-body experiences might have had fever, exhaustion, or been in other demanding or extreme physical states. At least once a week, 
you should devote at least an hour to develop the ability to travel astrally. The magician should focus the will and create strong focus during this time of exercise. In the early stages, the desire for result can also become a block. Let me repeat that. In the early stages, desiring a result can become a block. It's most important, though, to do the exercise. Often the result may arrive at a later time, but the experience is still a result of the magician's exercise of the will. It's not uncommon to experience something like an electric vibration, uh, roaring noises in the ears, rapid heart beating, or other phenomenon when the astral body is released. Often, magicians become so distracted or scarred by these first signs that they don't continue. This is a problem since these symptoms are rather harmless and only signs that one is progressing and is near the goal. It's also common to experience going through a tunnel. When attempting to make a soul journey, it's suitable to lie on your back and you should have your, uh, your eyes closed. Then you should tighten every muscle in the body, inhale deeply, and keep the breath in. When it's no longer possible to keep the breath in, you exhale and relax the muscles. The body will become warm and relaxed. The thoughts should be crystal clear, even if the body's numb. Body and mind are on totally different levels. For every inhale, the mind becomes lighter and clearer. While every exhale makes the body heavy and relaxed. Mind and body start to separate until the astral body is released. It's not unusual that one counters different kinds of mental barriers here. Uh, perhaps coming up with some type of mantra uh, can be used to pass through all barriers. When the magician travels on the astral plane, it will at first mainly be on the side of light. It's impossible to exactly define what's the difference between the two sides of light and of darkness. The side of light, however, could be compared to a group of islands. One of the islands is our mundane world. By astral travel, a magician may travel to the other islands, which are astral ward, uh, worlds, so to speak, of the light side. The dark side is the sea, and it's here that the true treasures can be found. Because remember, in darkness is mystery and secret and adventure. The magician must learn how to dive down into the dark dimensions to retrieve them. While worlds of light feel bright and airy, the dark spheres feel heavy and powerful. And now it's not uncommon or unusual to become uh, lost in the astral worlds. After a while, though, the physical body will pull the astral body back. In occultism, there's something known as the silver cord. This is a link that exists between the astral body and the physical body. It pulls one back if one cannot return voluntarily. This thread only disintegrates at death. Certain extreme situations like accidents might prevent the silver cord from pulling the body back. People who have just died may also wander astray on the astral levels. If they have no idea about the other side, they might have trouble realizing that they've died and they might fly around and seek things that are familiar to them. 
magicians, shamans, mediums, they have during, uh, at all times, helped lost souls find their way to the next level. Now, the descriptions of astral journeys that one will most generally encounter in cult literature, literature sorry, will no doubt be about the worlds of the light. A typical astral journey will be into a light, a heavenly sphere above oneself. Now, most scholars who have investi investigated astral phenomenon have colored their work with Christian theories based on theosophical description of reality that's based on the thought that the physical world is the end of the cosmic chain. Um, the counterpart is a light, bright world of ideas that's characterized by unity and mental clarity. This description of reality is partly correct, but it's ignorant of the huge, dark worlds that most Western esotericism refuses to acknowledge. Um, according to uh, Christian philosophy, there's no... Uh, uh, sorry, according to uh, our philosophy, there really is no objective hell, no personal Satan. But it's the absence of the heavenly good and God that causes this world to resemble hell. Um, that uh, early life in the material plane is the lowest plane. Oftentimes people think that demons and spirits belong to astral worlds closest to this world. The higher man climbs, the more good and bright worlds he will be reached is a common philosophy. So, um, anyone who goes to uh, a darker place, into the darkness, into the sea, into the... Um, into the place of mystery, into what is veiled. Uh, that kind of magician must have a good knowledge about both the worlds of light and the dark. But it's the dark worlds that the magician's individual divine existence can be reached. The worlds of light demand that the individual existence is annihilated. And when the light adepts of yoga become one with God, or when the Western adept enters a mystical unity with God, Yet, in esoteric literature, the astral level designates the middle world that lies between the human plane and the higher divine planes. These middle worlds consist of fantasies, dreams, and other dimensions and gates to other worlds uh, astrally. Different beings and ent entities populate these worlds, and people have encountered what they thought was demons, angels, natural beings, and also what's referred to as aliens here. People who've passed away will inhabit these planes for a longer or shorter time, depending on needs or wishes. Ghosts are generally believed to be astral bodies that have become stuck if deceased, has been strongly bound to a specific place or task. When a person dies, the astral body generally dies as well, and the person's life energy and consciousness rises up to the highest limitless worlds where every trace of the individual melts away and disappears. 
After being left behind, the astral body generally sinks down into the dark astral worlds where it will live on as an empty shell or a character without content. Um, among individuals who have used a large amount of energy to keep up their outer appearances, their shell can live on as a vampire type of being that keeps its appearance by sucking energy from others, like an energy vampire is what we mean. But according to alchemy and the dark mysteries, the character and the spirit can live on through the keys that exist. Uh, the dark parts of the astral plane are also where man's shadow can be found. This shadow is the counterpart in the twin of the astral body. Most people fear their shadow and project all negative feelings onto it. But for the magician, the shadow becomes an ally that assists the magician during the initiatory process. This is often referred to in like Wicca and witchcraft as shadow work. Uh, but really, the while you can do a certain sense of shadow work, just coming to terms with um, the the uh, more negative, negative or deviant parts of yourself, uh, you can do a lot deeper. Uh, shadow work uh, astrally. Uh, during journeys to dark worlds, the magician meets the shadow and it helps the magician to explore the darkest corners of the dark realms. During higher levels of initiation, the magician is united with the shadow. In the dark world, there are also totem animals that the magician can contact uh, and be related to. During shamanic underworld journeys, the shaman meets the totems, the parts of the astral worlds where one can encounter ancestors, totems, and the dead. Sorry, are these dark astral worlds closer to this world? The further away and down one travels into the depths of this sea, um, the more abstract and grotesque experiences will often become. In the less distant dark worlds, the magician may wander into organic underworlds. But in more distant dark worlds, gates will open beyond time and space, leading to the black limitlessness of chaos. So, a lot of these things are words that people have used or kind of a little bit of a poetic language that people have come up with uh, to to talk about things that are difficult to uh, talk about in, uh, you know, and make plain. So we're using, when we're talking about underworlds and uh, totems and things, a lot of these things are uh, more poetic, uh, more symbolic in nature. Uh, a way to describe a realm and a place and a journey that is um, more dreamlike this astral world. It's important to point out, though, as we wrap up this episode, that astral journeys may take some time to achieve. As we have previously mentioned, the results may arrive when you least expect it. The result will appear because of the workings of the magician, though. If one actively works towards achieving an out-of-body experience or an astral journey, the chances increase drastically. Astral journeys will gradually become stronger as well. 
a full astral journey or an out-of-body experience. One will experience everything more clearly and more strongly than a normal life on this material plane. Some astral journeys might be vague and or be reminiscent of dreams or fantasies. They still have a good magical value since they, in any case, provide a view into hidden aspects of you, the magician's experience. I'm Primal Piggy. Thank you for joining me today for this BDSM United podcast. It was a bit different, possibly, than uh, you might have expected or might have um, heard elsewhere. A lot of people don't talk, um, frankly, about astral projection, astral journeys. But, um, you know, it's something that we find wildly fascinating and have experienced on different levels in our own uh, practice and uh, definitely something that is useful to dealing with uh, ourselves and existence, our character, different aspects about ourselves. Um, just really, you know, it is a strong magical working. And uh, so... It's something that we wanted to present to you. Like I said, we used a bit of somewhat poetic language just to let you know. Um, uh, I'm Primal Piggy. Thank you for joining me today. You can find all of our resources at www.bdsmunited.com. It was a joy speaking with you today, bringing you something that you probably maybe have never heard about. Maybe you never heard it before maybe you've heard the term i'm sure most people have heard about an out-of-body experience for instance but uh or may have heard about the term astral projection generally probably in a negative way but we wanted to bring this to you we thought it was important uh if you're going to be dealing in in any kind of magical practice uh, an astral journey is definitely something to look into, consider, exercise, practice, and um, do. Talk to you again soon.